And uh, this is uh, meant to be a time to, to prepare us for life throughout the week. We're meeting together with the Lord Jesus Christ and with the saints. And uh, I pray that I will be able to edify you. I'm speaking to believers here. I don't know that anything I would say would appeal to a non-believer. But uh, I don't know if the hymnal is out, but if you would look in, uh, we have a hymnal, Sing His Praise. Well, we have it in our uh, assembly somewhere, but I guess they're not out. But let me read some hymns to you. I'm going to start with uh, a hymn called Like a River Glorious. And you're probably familiar with these songs. Like a river glorious is God's perfect peace, overall victorious in its bright increase. Perfect, yet it floweth fuller every day. Perfect, yet it groweth deeper all the way. Stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed, finding, as he promised, perfect peace and rest. And also uh, in this book, hymn number 171, Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. At the impulse of thy love. That's a very beautiful hymn. And you're probably familiar with it. And one more I would point you to. And it's in the Sing His Praise, number 444. This one is, I gave my life for thee. It goes, I gave my life for thee, my precious blood I shed, that thou might ransom be and quickened from the dead. I gave I gave my life for thee, what hast thou given for me? I gave I gave my life for thee, what hast thou given for me? I would point to you that both, all three of these hymns are written by a relatively unknown hymn writer named France, Francis Ridley Havergal. And uh, she only lived to be 43. But when she was a teenager, she memorized all of the New Testament and all the Psalms and the book of Isaiah. And then later, she memorized all of the minor prophets. And so when you sing these hymns, you're, you're profiting from somebody who had God's word hidden in their heart, deep in their heart. And so there was, I found at least uh, probably five or six other hymns that this woman had written. And so because she had memorized so much scripture, this was in her thought and in her thinking and in her, her uh, writing of hymns. And I wanted to point you to those, to those hymns. Now today I would like to encourage you to memorize scripture. And I have some handouts for you. And uh, I'll get to those in a little bit. But uh, when I was a young boy and throughout my uh, teenage years, there was a lot of emphasis put on memorizing scripture. And I remember they would have uh, things called sword drills where you'd take your Bible and you'd put it up above your head and then when they said go, they'd announce the scripture and then you'd see who could find it the fast and then stand up and read it. And of course they'd throw in things like Habakkuk 6, which doesn't exist. But, and those things, those exercises are good. You know, uh, bodily exercise profit of the little. Of course, we want to exercise our, our minds and our bodies for godliness and spiritual things. And a lot of emphasis was placed on memorizing scripture. When I, w- I went to a school that required scripture memory, I, re- I memorized a large amount of scripture in my childhood. And to be honest, I found it didn't profit me. Unfortunately, I mean, you'd think it would. I would encourage you to memorize Scripture. But just because someone memorizes Scripture doesn't mean it's going to profit them. 
There was a man, a, a, a little a little boy named Nicky. He lived in a a, a village of the. He was a, a peasant. He went to this little village. Uh, the priest at this village began giving candy to little children to memorize scripture. So he was motivating them to want to memorize. And so this uh, the priest took liking to this little boy and invited him to go to the church school. And because he went to the church school, he got a, didn't have to do chores. And so before long, this little boy memorized all four gospels. And he memorized them, repeated them, word for word in church. Sixty years later, he was still had his mind full of the scripture. But he became a, he wasn't a little Nicky anymore. He was Nikita Khrushchev, the communist dictator, who was a brutal dictator. Just because he had God's word in his mind didn't mean he had it in his heart. And he became an atheist. Later, he, he said that he did not believe in God because he sent his cosmonauts into space, and they didn't see God. So, obviously, God must not exist. And so he, we would say, well, that was a waste. So these exercises of uh, inducing people to memorize Scripture with rewards, well, it's not bad, but here's the result of little Nicky memorized all four Gospels, and he became a, an atheist opposed to the gospel, even though he memorized all four gospels, he knew everything about Jesus' life, but it didn't profit him. And there's a, another story. There's a man who went to the Holy Lands, and he met this man who uh, claimed to have memorized, he was a, a Jewish man who claimed to have memorized the entire Old Testament in Hebrew. And so he, he went and uh, a few days later, they were at the house together, and the man began reciting in the Psalms. He just kept going, psalm after psalm after psalm. But then the, the man found out this this man was an atheist. He didn't believe he didn't believe in God, but yet he knew the Scriptures very well. There's another man named John Ruskin who was uh, uh, his mother induced him to memorize lots and lots of Scripture. Well, if you know anything about him, he became a, a pervert and an unbeliever. And I told you about Francis Ridley Havergal. So, uh, now there's a life well spent. She memorized all the New Testament, Isaiah, the Psalms, and all the minor prophets. And we've been blessed by her hymns. The point of this is to uh, not get it just in your mind, but to understand it and believe it. Sister June? Um, with... Sister uh, Francis here, she was memorizing because she loved the scriptures, yes. correct? These others were memorizing for other things. Yes. Madeline Murray O'Hare could quote scripture to you. Yes. So I encourage any, any way you can to put scripture in your mind. Depending on what the motivation is, I mean, it's not going to profit you. I found that I had memorized a large amount of scripture, but then I lost it. Brother Justin. Yeah. So we could say it's not enough to know what it says. You have to understand what it means. Yes. Well, Jesus addressed that. Yes. Whenever he he did the parable of the sower. Yes. That those that that receive it and don't understand it, the devil comes quickly and takes it away. Yeah. So you may have the form of the words, but you really don't have the truth that those words are communicating. It says that, uh, this is Matthew 13, verse 19, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away what was sown in his heart. That's right. This is he that received seed by the wayside. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand it, yeah. it's going to be taken away. Mm -hmm. I'm reminded of in uh, 
Acts chapter 8, Philip was uh, sent by the Holy Spirit down to uh, to go to some out-of-the-way place in the middle of nowhere, the road that leads down to Gaza. And he went down there, and he met this man in a chariot, the Ethiopian eunuch. And it, he was reading the scripture, Yes. but he didn't understand it. It was... Uh, you can tell he didn't understand. Here's, here's what it says. Uh, there was a, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, who had come to Jerusalem for to worship. He was returning and sitting in his chariot reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither unto him, heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest what thou readest. And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And Philip went in the chariot with him and explained it to him. He preached Jesus. He, he pointed out that that scripture was talking about Jesus. And then the scripture that he was reading became profitable. If you don't understand it, it's just another book. And actually, God's the only one that can reveal these things to you. It's, it's not from man. But the point is that to be able to have God's word in your heart. So we have in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, it mentions different armor for the believer. Ephesians chapter 6, it mentions, uh, it says, Therefore, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's right. If you... The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. And if you are not able to use it or apply it, it's kind of like having a sword that's on your shelf or on a display cabinet or you have it in your, uh, in your sheath and it's just sitting there and you're not using it. So now what you do when you take... When you take the Word of God and you put it into you, there's uh, two ways to put it in. Through your eyes and through your ears. And you put it into you. This, now you, have, you can take that sword and use it. If, if you don't have the Word of God in your mind and in your heart, in your mouth, it's useless to you. I mean, well, you think... What does that mean? I have to go home and get my Bible off the shelf and uh, and then I'll know. Well, when when you are able to take God's word and know what it says and and how it applies to you in, in a situation, see that's God speaking to you in every situation, every situation in life that you could ever come across. God has already told us about it. He's it's written down. And so when you take God's word and you put it in your in your mind and in your heart and you understand it, that's like taking your sword out and you're sharpening it. And it is razor sharp. You're memorizing this. And uh, the word of God is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 4. The sword of the spirit. And it says, uh, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Very, very powerful weapon. If, it, if you don't have it at hand, it's useless to you. It's, uh, a sword is a short-range weapon used in hand-to-hand -hand combat. And you need to have it available to you when, when you face a temptation or... Uh, mm -hmm. Sister June. I think um, 
most commonly when people hear about the sword of the spirit, they're thinking more about uh, fighting against things without. But I'm glad you brought up that Hebrews text because this sword works inwardly so that we can discern in ourselves things also. Yes. So it's a discerner for both. It's both a, uh, it, it's an aggressive weapon actually against um, external attempts to erode our faith, but it's also uh, a scalpel, if you will, to divide and to separate things in our own selves so that we can be clean of them. That's in Second Timothy. You know, the, the key word here is it says through faith. Mm -hmm. So the scripture, like it's already been stated, uh, can, be, can be learned to where you can actually recite the whole Bible. Sure. But if you don't have faith, it's not going to profit you no, like what right. you're talking about. Faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So see, the, things, the Bible is full of hope, but if you don't have faith, you'll never find it. Amen. Brother Justin? That's right. Yeah, you'll never have an understanding of God's Word without faith. It, it's just, it will, it, you'll, it will never come to you. It says here in Hebrews 5.13, Everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, mm -hmm. for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, mm -hmm. see, that have come into an understanding of the things that are written. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. It's this, the word of God is, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now we're not saying milk's bad. Christians need milk. But the, the milk would be the, the words of the scripture. And we need the milk. Yes. But it says by reason of use. So you could take the word of God and use it. You could apply it to a situation that comes up in your life. Uh, Brother Justin. Yeah, it says, uh, it says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. But if you don't know what he said, how can he bring it to your remembrance? See, if, if you don't know what God said, how can it? How can you come into an understanding of it? Amen. So, that's right. We have to have something in in our mind and in our hearts for the Holy Spirit to work with. Amen. Yeah. So, uh, we weren't there with the apostles to hear directly what Jesus said. They were, and the Holy Spirit did bring it to the remembrance, and that's why they were able to write down for us. Now we have the, what Jesus said and what the apostles said, the, the doctrine of the apostles, and we can, uh, it's ready, it's available to us. And so if, if we store this up in us, then the Holy Spirit has something to work with, to, just at the right time to bring it back to our remembrance. Brother Justin. Yeah, uh, the epistle of Second Timothy says, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. That's what we're talking about. Knowing these holy scriptures and coming into an understanding of them. And what we gotten by the word of God. Yes. Amen. See all of these work together. They're not they're not exclusive to one another. Amen. The, the word is is the the spiritual it has it has life in it but the life is not attained by just looking at it the old nature is not capable of apprehending this we have to be given to believe the scriptures whenever we believe then the grace of God is toward us all of these things are of God yeah. by and through Christ. And the Spirit is is working because He is the, the person of the Godhead that Christ is, is that comforter that is sent to us, that indwells us, 
and causes us to make, be made a partaker of the, the divine nature, which also makes us meet for the habitation of God. The Amen. word, I don't know of any other word of like a, any word of man that is declared to be an engrafted word. In order for us to be alive and for the word to be engrafted, it has to have the quality of life also. So you can't stick a dead branch into a living stock and expect the branch to bear any fruit. This all about life in God. And it, it works together. And the word is what helps, not helps, causes us. God has ordered it in his word so that he can teach us these things by the Spirit. It makes sense. But if you pick and choose and you got your favorite little verses and then you get to where you, you kind of put it over here all by itself to stand alone, that's, that's where people get into a lot of difficulty. But you can tell whether somebody loves God and you can't love God and not love His Word. Amen. And you can't love His Word and not love God. And so Jesus said, I am. He was the Word. So you can't separate God from the things He has said. Um, but whenever you hear preaching and teaching, if it doesn't point you to that end, if they're busy talking about something else, that's a flag. Amen. Brother Robert. Yeah, the Pharisees knew Scripture. I mean, they really knew it really well. Yes, they did. But they were still like dead man's bones, right? They didn't have any life in them. Mm -hmm. But see, the scripture is designed if a person will just believe it mm -hmm. and trust in the God who gave it, it will produce something in to make you... It, it, well, see, the, just knowing the scripture doesn't make you alive. No, it does not. It doesn't. But see, when, when you have a love for it, in other words, when, when you've been called into the fellowship of God's dear son, mm -hmm. now... You, the scripture is filled with admonitions, with exhortations, with comfort, and joy, and peace. But it's only if you have a mind for heart for it. Yes. Uh, Brother Paul had this to say in First uh, Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and where ye stand. By which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory yes. what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. So Paul links this this idea of uh, keeping in memory everything that uh, he yes. was preaching about the doctrine. Uh, and if you don't have that, you're, you know, he's saying here, uh, by which also ye are saved. Mm -hmm. So it's it's critical that we have in our memory. Uh, the minimum of the doctrines. Mm -hmm. And when Jesus said to keep his his word and to keep his commandment, yeah. he wasn't just talking about an external compliance mm -hmm. to what it said. You, you it, only only faith can obey God. Yeah. Flesh yeah. can comply mm -hmm. with certain things, but only you can only obey, really obey by truth. And, and by faith. So when Jesus was saying, keep my word and keep my commandments, he was talking about in your heart, in your mind, uh, you know, dwell there. Don't let it slip away. Hold fast to it. Because we live by every word of God. Amen. I would like to point you to a, a book I found. It's called You Need to Memorize Scripture by a guy named N.A. Wojcik. And uh, he wrote this in the 90s, and he, he was probably was an old man when he... And he started an organization called uh, Scripture Memory Fellowship. And so uh, I, they have... That's where I got this, these lists, compelling reasons to memorize scripture. And the information is on the bottom there if you're interested in that. What they do is they have a program to, uh, they have a bunch of little booklets that you can put in your pocket. And you take it out and, uh, when you have a, 
moment, uh, sit and read it. And so it's designed with the incentives to uh, uh, a little child would memorize God is love or uh, a short scripture. And as they get older, longer portions of scripture. And with adults, it might be uh, a whole chapter at a sitting. And so they have times when people, once a week, people get together and recite scripture to each other with motivations. And then usually when you finish memorizing a, a booklet, then they give you a, a, a book as a, a reward for doing this. Now, I'm not knocking that system. Anything you can do to, to uh, memorize scripture. But I'll just tell you, if your only motivation is, well, I'm going to get a piece of candy or I'm going to get a book or I get a certificate or they put my name on the wall because I'm the one that memorized such and such amount of scripture, you ask your motivation, it's a pretty much a waste of time. I, because I went, myself, went through memorizing lots of scripture. And there's lots of ways to do it. I had a customer who gave me, I thought this was awesome. They gave me this little bitty cards. Each one has a scripture on it. 1 Kings 8.61 Let your heart therefore be perfect with the Lord our God to walk in his statutes and to keep his commandments as at this day. So it's just, these are things that you can do. You have little cards. You have a little booklet. And when you uh, every every once in a while you take one out and you you memorize it, but if you just have the words and it doesn't make any you're not understanding and you don't believe it, well there's there's a lot worse things you could put in your mind. I'll just say that. But Sister June, this is what we're doing here. Yes, it says by reason of use. Yes, we're taking the things that we've been given to know, and we're speaking these things one to another. Uh, there, God adds to our understanding by the input of brethren who also have mm -hmm. considered these things. He, uh, sometimes it reinforces what you what you know. Sometimes it challenges you with, with what you think you know. Sometimes it enlarges what you know. Mm -hmm. But this is the use of the scripture. We use it personally in uh, following after the will of God as he shows it to us, but when we come together, this is a principal advantage of being in an assembly where we speak about the yes. things of God. Amen. Amen. There's a, a motivation that only God can give you. Here's one, Matthew 5, verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, Amen. for they shall be filled. That's right. If that's your motivation, God will answer that, and that hunger will be satisfied. Other, Every other hunger in, in life will not, never be satisfied. It'll just end up consuming you because you try to fill, satisfy your flesh, and it, it can never be satisfied. But if you have this desire, that's a motivation that God will honor. If you really want to, if you want to know God, if you want to understand Him, not just not just intellectually, not memorizing a bunch of facts. I went through that whole thing. Uh, and if there's anyone out there who right now is uh, applying themselves to memorizing a bunch of facts about the Bible, I, w I went through seven years of school. And fortunately, I count it as a waste. It taught me a system. It taught me uh, external religion. Maybe other people went through the same training I did and it was useful to them. But to me, it was not useful. I didn't have that hunger and thirst for righteousness. In uh, the book of Job, Job mentions that uh, the word of God was, uh, let's see if I can find it in here, Yes. I don't know if I wrote it down here. But he he wanted God God's word more than just food. More than his, we need food to eat to survive. Every day we usually eat three meals. 
But the Word of God is food for our soul. In uh, John chapter 6, when Jesus uh, was saying hard things to his disciples, and most of them took off and left, John 6, 66, from that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with them. Then Jesus said unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. This book is alive. This book, this is the words of eternal life. This is what I want, Sister June. I didn't want to interrupt. We're told that he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, there's a deceitfulness of the flesh here. A person who who goes, quote, to church uh, and they, they know at least... Uh, an acceptable amount of scripture, you might say. And they say, um, yes, I'm, I'm saved and I love God. But if you really believe that God is, you view scripture differently than if you, if this is something to just kind of help you through your life and make you a better person and Maybe you'll get into heaven if you're good enough. And, you know, this is the missing factor with a lot of people. They know about who God says he is. But until we believe for ourselves, God is. And there's a lot of implication to him being God. One is that he is preeminent in every aspect of Everything, not just things on earth, but things in heaven and things under the earth. He is God over all. So his words carry a different weight with a person who is is convinced in their heart that he is. And this is the way that, that we come to him and know him. He's told us. And he, with that telling, he gives us all of the things that are necessary to life and godliness. Amen. The memorizing scripture in and of itself can be a monumental waste of time. But if your desire is to know God, to, to be one with him, to have this hunger and thirst for righteousness, to delight in his word... Now, that's profitable. God has something to work with, and you believe in him and you're diligently seeking him. Let me read from uh, Psalm 119, verse 9 through 16. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. That's something I can't give you. Nobody here can give you this desire to to know God and know his word and to value it much more than riches. That's but if you have that, then then you will hide God's word in your heart, and that's that's the motivation. If you if you have this this value of God and His word, the way that God has it, and Psalm 19. Here's what David also says: The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. 
The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. If, if you have this, if you value God and his word more than anything else in your life, That that makes the scripture useful to you. Uh, that's nothing. That's something I cannot give to you. Nobody here can give you that desire. But uh, now, if you have God's word in your mind, first of all, I encourage you to believe it. And there's a difference between just saying you believe something. If if the uh, you say you believe something, but your actions show different than you, I would say you really don't believe it. So God's word goes into you, like Sister June was mentioning, it is engrafted. It becomes a part of you. In fact, that's the source of life in us. Well, I, uh, Brother Robert. Uh, you know, if a person knocks on your door and tells you your house is on fire, but you say, oh, I'm just going to finish this program. <laughs> program before I leave, you didn't really believe him, did you? No. You didn't really believe him. And and now Jesus, this is, now he was the Word manifested in the flesh. So we get a picture of what the Word will do in you because what Jesus did, he was the Word. Now that's what he said in John 4, 30, 34. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me Amen. and to finish his work. Now, if his word is in you, it will have the same purpose that Jesus had. He is the the word that was manifested, made known. Now, but see, he, he's still being made known in everyone who his word is abiding in. Mm -hmm. Everyone who loves his word and has given themselves to it, it they'll, they'll want to do his will too. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. There, if you have God's word in you, and you know it, and it becomes a part of your thinking. Mm -hmm. That's right. And then you hear something, someone says something, and this is what they say, this is what the Bible says, and you think, that doesn't sound right to me because I know what God's Word says, and that's off kilter. Mm -hmm. You're able to use it, the discernment, to discern good from evil, mm -hmm. and uh, false teaching can be very, very subtle. Mm -hmm. It's... Sounds like it. You have somebody that's trusted, and you basically you're transferring your trust to that person instead of to God, because uh, as I have a lot of false religions started, false prophets and false teachers. It sounds good, and so people. Uh, For an example, I heard a woman this morning that was trying to argue a political point using the scripture. And she didn't quote the scripture exactly, but her conclusion was that God was a socialist mm -hmm. because he was about feeding the poor and healing people and attending to their needs. And that's the Jesus that, that's the only Jesus she knew about. Mm -hmm. Well, Jesus is compassionate. And he did those things, but they had a spiritual mirror. Mm -hmm. You know, the healing of the blind was a spiritual, uh, uh, and, and again, God knows our needs. He is kind to us. He is thoughtful of us more than we know, really. Mm -hmm. But all of these things, like we were blind. We were spiritually blind. Mm -hmm. And he opened our eyes to be able to see. He gave light, and he gave us the capacity to the see The entrance of the word light. gives understanding. We were, we had no power to do the, the will of, of God. And so the lame walking, now we can walk in the light as he is in the light. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are parallels there. God's consistent in all his ways, seen and unseen. 
And so he, he's a God who is manifesting himself. But unless mm -hmm. you know, you, you want to be acquainted with the, in, the whole counsel of God and at least be familiar with it. I know myself, I don't have the gift of memory that some people do. Some people are just astounding what they can do. But I can get the concept. I can find the truth in it. And I can, the spirit will, I've had that experience where scriptures I didn't even know that I remember, whenever I needed them, they were there. Amen. And they were there exactly the way that they were written. Because Amen. I had, I had familiarized, when I say familiarized, I mean I've read these over and over. So that you get a fellowship with the Word of God also. And it's important to know. I think it's very important to know. Uh, if you have to look it up, look it up. To know the exact verbiage of the text. Yes. Because you change a few things, as many people have in their versions. You change either the strength or the direction. Are you muddy up the intent? Yeah. No. The, we want the pure word of God, that pure milk. That's what we start with. Amen. Let me uh, take you to Matthew chapter 4. <coughs> A very practical application of memorizing God's word. Matthew 4. Jesus was led by the Spirit to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he had fasted 40 days. And then the tempter came to him and he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Jesus' reply was the scripture, and he applied it perfectly at that time. Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So he countered a temptation against Satan with the word of God. And you'll find that if you have God's word in your heart, when you have a temptation, then at the right moment, you'll be able to use the word of God Brother Marty. Uh, you know, obviously Jesus was a little different oh, yes. than us. <laughs> uh, when we cut ourselves, we bleed. Yes. What happened in the garden, that's an analogy for what happened with Jesus. When Jesus is attacked, the Word saves him. It's because he is the Word. Yes. So, you know, it's, it's automatic. There was no memorization involved on Jesus' part. When when he was when he was troubled, then the word was there. He had the uh, he had the word there right in this time. Uh, he, is, he is the word. Yes. Now, as the Son of God, there were, it, it says Jesus said what he heard of his father. He gave it. Now, this is that's not to say that all of the scripture wasn't readily available to him because he, the Spirit of Christ, I mean, he, Christ is the Spirit of prophecy. It's all about about him. He he condescended at that point. But what Brother Marty is saying, yes, everything that we know about God, we have two places where. We know that God Himself spoke out of heaven, and it was when at the Mount of Transfiguration, and at His baptism, and they. The, um, I'm not really positive now about the Mount of Transfiguration whether He used an angel or not. That's neither here nor there, but it was a direct communication from heaven concerning that. And the apostles heard it. There were people who heard it at the baptism. Okay, what else do we know that God said that we don't know because of and by the word? Well, we don't know Creation, anything. even what we see physically, it was spoken into existence 
by the word with the exception of man and he was formed and, and God breathed into his nostrils but it was still the scriptures say that all things concerning Christ all things were made by him and there was not anything made that was made that he didn't make So, as far as, you know, you think of words and you think of communication. When he came, you know, it talks about our conversation. We saw, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So he was the communication of God in his own life here on the earth. He was the communication of God in the words that he spoke. He was the communication of God. And when I say God, I'm including, you know, I don't know what the involvements were. I know that God is is one as far as their their thoughts, their righteousness, their holiness, their, you know, in that. There's no division uh, like a, a heresy or anything in the Godhead. They're, they're all working together in concept with the same oneness that we're being brought into. Spiritually, we are being made one. Jesus is bringing all things together into one. That God may be all in all. He's getting rid of unrighteousness. He's purifying. He's, uh, he's making things acceptable. But see, it's, it's very large. It's very large for us to enter into these things. But the word, everything Jesus did, everything he spoke was absolute truth and righteousness and justice. Amen. Yes. Amen. Mm -hmm. and David? Yes. And this is what Jesus said in John verse 8, verse 31. He said, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. We're witnessing a manifestation of the Word of God. He lived among the people. He was a man, but it was the Word that was that was, that that was in him. Now, so what he spoke. See, he spoke in reference to God, mm -hmm. but he brought us a new and a living way. I didn't nullify it; it verified the scriptures. Mm -hmm. The scriptures, right. the old scriptures, that nobody figured it out on their own. They, uh, Joe said, I love it more than my necessary food, but he didn't understand it all. No, he no. even said, I don't understand it. But Jesus had a complete and utter understanding of God, who was the writer of Scripture. So see this, he lived out what the Scriptures meant, yeah. well, what, it, what it revealed about God. So the, the Word manifested, and he could say, you believe my Word. Now, what? there is no other Word. Yep. <laughs> this is Him. Manifest in the flesh, he had to come yeah. so we would be able to have an understanding uh, uh, greater than Job. Uh, see, even the disciples, when they were with him, they didn't understand. But when the day of Pentecost was fully come, see, they, they realigned, they saw him for who he really was. Mm -hmm. This is the word manifest in the flesh. And now, what did that, what happened? They were made free. See, they were set free from religious tradition, from, from just memorizing the scripture just to memorize it just because they had to do it. It's like, yep. I got to do this. Yep. But my heart's not in it. Now their hearts were made alive. Amen. They, they wanted it. <laughs> Brother Justin? Yeah, when Jesus came to earth, he was sent and he humbled himself. And he was made lower than the angels. At that point in time, when he was just a child, his wisdom was not perfect wisdom. He had to be taught of the Father. Yes. He had, it says in Luke 2.52, says, And Jesus increased in wisdom That's right. and stature. Says, if you had a perfect understanding, and you had a perfect wisdom, uh -huh. you could not increase in wisdom and stature. But Jesus, he hung on every word of the Father, and he was taught of the Father. Mm -hmm. And as he grew in wisdom and stature, he... The, the, the Lord gave him the spirit without measure. And he there were, there came a point in time when he when he was ready. 
See, there, there came a point in time when the, when the Son of God was prepared and he was ready. Amen. Well, hopefully, this morning I would encourage you to, to hide God's Word in your heart. That's right. And to, to believe it, to understand it, that it may produce holiness and righteousness in you, a desire to serve God. And uh, it will help you when you're tempted. Amen. When you're uh, laying in bed at night and you can't sleep and you're, your mind is racing or you're terrified or you're, God's Word can be there in you and you can meditate on it. Yes. And you can think on it. And the only way really to make the Word of God useful to you and if you memorize it and it's just words like a multiplication table or a train schedule, it's not useful. You want to, uh, but when you you study it, you compare scripture with scripture. You're, you're thinking about it. How how do you apply that to your life? And when you see it reveals something in you that is opposed to God, well then it will, like a scalpel, it'll cut that out of you. Uh, the foundational thing here is when you hear the word of God to believe the word of God Yes. now you may not be able to dissect that necessarily and you, it may be new to you even as, as we're going up I mean all of us run across new things but that word that you believe will will it'll direct you into a way whenever you you read about God being righteous and you believe that all of a sudden you're concerned about being righteous even Amen. before you know what all the entailments of that might be but you're very aware that God is righteous and you want to be pleasing in his sight and that's what provokes you to seek after righteousness Amen but you hear it with the with the ear of faith. Amen. Well, thank you for the good Bible study time, and uh, let's have a word of prayer and then have some refreshments. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We want to honor and glorify you, and we want to honor your word and hide it in our hearts so we wouldn't sin against you. Lord, we love you. And we love your word. But we, we value it more than gold and silver or rubies. Lord, we want to, we want to put it into us. So we have a way to meditate on your scripture all, all day and all night, even when you don't have a book opened. Lord, we ask that you would apply this living word to us. That you would enable us to discern between good and evil. That you would, uh, uh, enable us when we're tempted to use your word to counter any temptation. Lord, we, do, we love you and we uh, pray that we would be uh, fruitful and that we would be able to spread your word and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just thank you that you've saved us and brought us into fellowship with you. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, amen.